Welcome to the Get Fit with Masi podcast, hosted by your girl Masiel, aka Masi, from getfitwithmasi.com. I'm here to help women with on the go work schedules stop the restrictive dieting and get sustainable results. And the purpose of this podcast is to teach you everything I've learned about losing weight and feeling great without limiting your diet. On this podcast, I'll be giving you my best advice, trainings, and mindset shifts so you can become your own body goals and most importantly, build a healthy, sustainable lifestyle you can be proud of. The last episode was about stress, and as I was recording that episode, I recognized that there was something else coming up that felt like stress, looked like stress, sound like stress, but was a different thing, a different emotion, a different feeling, um, and that was anxiety. So I was hearing from a lot of my community about feeling hella anxiety, not being able to sleep, having insomnia due to the many people who are dying, having friends who are passing away, a sick family member, feeling social media information overload, having to take a break from that, not being able to control factors that you otherwise could have controlled for fear of worse consequences. And I recognize that I have more experience with stress, but not as much with anxiety. And I was under the impression they were the same thing. And so I actually wanted to bring on another mental health professional to help you manage your anxiety due to COVID-19. And so one of the major points um, and gems, I would say, of this episode is that it's okay to sit with some anxiety. It's actually a natural response to things like this. Your brain is doing its job as an alert system. But sometimes there's another level to it where your anxiety may be going into overdrive and have you panicking. And so if that's you or you're feeling the effects of your lack of sleep, your insomnia, this episode is going to be a great place for you to get started. Today's episode is a Q&A Tuesday that is was recorded on Instagram Live with licensed therapist Brittany Scott. She is the owner of Unshattered Counseling Services and is a repeat guest. So she has been a previous guest on the first episode of this season all about self-sabotage and I invited her to come back on and talk about anxiety. So a little bit about Brittany is that she helps women eliminate unwanted symptoms of anxiety and she's incredibly relatable in her practice because she's really been there herself. So she was that person at the cardiologist's office not getting answers feeling nauseous when she should have been fine. She had that one friend from undergrad, and that was even a miracle because she left school after one semester, so she wasn't even in school for a whole year. Um, And she could have her own in-ground pool in her backyard with all the tears that she's cried, and this her words, not mine, um, because of all the things that she has experienced. So she has gone through so many things that have affected her mental health, and she's been able to overcome them. And that's why she started her own practice. So she now has two degrees. She owns a home, 
is planning a family with her husband, has amazing friends, and happy is now an understatement. She's here because of the work she put in, and she couldn't have done it alone, and she believes that you shouldn't either. So her goal is to help you heal, stop holding yourself back, and deal with the symptoms you are experiencing so you don't need Band-Aids anymore. Can you tell us a little bit about what's the difference between stress and anxiety? Yes. So stress and anxiety are going to show up in your body in the same way. Um, They have like the same symptoms, but stress is more about being overwhelmed about a certain event or maybe too many things on your plate um, or just you having too much going on. Whereas anxiety is more of a worry or fear of what might happen. So it's not even on your plate yet. You're worried about what may come up. Okay, so what are some like common anxiety points that you see right now with your clients that they're kind of concerned about? Um, getting the virus. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, things being shut down for too long. Like right now, everybody's like, okay, this is okay, but we need to go back to work like next week. Yeah. So they worried about it lasting for the next few months. Mm-hmm. And then um, worried about family members getting sick and they're not being able to like to see them or do anything about it. Okay. And what happens in your body when you're anxious? Because um, I know that you said it's kind of similar to stress. So what do you feel like, what actually happens to our bodies when we're feeling anxious? Um, our chest tightens, um, our heart beats fast. Um, you might get sweaty. Mm. Um, it's hard to breathe. Um, headaches, maybe. Um, stomach pain or just nausea or like a butterfly feeling that won't go away, but doesn't feel happy, kind of feels scary. Like Mm. something in your stomach feels heavy. Um, I don't know, things like that. You don't have to have all of them. Maybe you only have one, but your body definitely responds. So... Two questions to go off that. So can you have stress and anxiety at the same exact time? Yes. Okay. Lots of stress can lead to anxiety if you don't handle the stress. Mm. Okay. So there's levels here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, cool. So I know that um, we wanted to talk about what were three things, three tips that people can really kind of take right away three tactics um this week for next week for the next few weeks because we don't know when this COVID thing is gonna end um for managing anxiety so what is like your first tip for us my first tip is to create a daily routine um and by that keep Monday through Friday as if you were going to work so have your alarm set and wake up at a certain time. Now, if you're used to waking up at 6 a.m., it doesn't need to be set for 6 a.m., but by 8 or 9, you should be getting up. Okay. okay. Um, have a time set for breakfast and lunch. Um, have a time set for if you are working from home, when working from home in. Don't just work all night because you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, have a time for dinner to be set. And then a time to wind down and actually go to bed at a regular time. So if you can keep your schedule as normal as possible, that's going to help decrease a lot of the worries around this because it'll help 
things to feel as normal as possible or what the new normal is. Um, get some sunlight. So if you don't want to go outside, that's fine. But open up your windows, like bring natural light in. That does a lot for your mental health and your brain and like relaxation. Okay. I'm just posting the actual tip on here for anyone who comes in afterwards. Um, so create a stay at home routine since we're, most of us are staying at home. Um, I have a question for those of you who are watching right now. If you have a stay at home routine right now, type one in the chat box. Like if you're like, yes, I am on point with my stay at home routine type one. If you're kind of slacking, <laughs> your routine is not really where it's supposed to be type two in the chat box. Um, let us know where you are. We kind of want to see where everybody's at. One, if you're, you got an at-home routine and you're killing it, you're on point. And two, if it's not, it's not that great, you're kind of working on it. Um, what's your routine right now, Brittany? Like, do you have a routine that you currently are working on or you do? Yes. So I will be honest and say like the first week or a week week or two of stay at home it was just fun i was like whatever i don't have to go to work i'm just gonna <laughs> and then the two weeks after that it was like i got insomnia because i just got lazy and then i couldn't sleep and then i was extremely tired and so i did set a routine so this actually helped me um my alarm is set for eight sometimes i wake up like we don't have blackout curtains so the sun shines in at about seven so sometimes i wake up sometimes i'll just stay in bed but by eight i get out of bed and then um by 9 30 i'm working mm -hmm. at 4 30 i'm done so i have breaks in between there i'll eat lunch i'll take another break 4 30 i'm done and i'm relaxing maybe watching tv um maybe play video games with my husband uh, not my thing, but it's his. So sometimes I join in, um, but like wind down. And then by 10 o'clock, I'm in bed. By 11, I'm probably sleeping. Okay. So we got a lot of twos in here, um, which means that people are not necessarily either don't have a routine or it's not, you know, it's not popping right now. So what's like, <laughs> what are some strategies to helping folks actually like start getting the at-home routine? Like what would be like the first thing that someone should do if they were gonna start tomorrow to like get it together? Set your alarm clock and wake up. So if you're not ready to go to sleep, waking up and making yourself get up after only getting maybe four hours of sleep, you can go to sleep the next night. <laughs> so that'll help you sleep. <laughs> okay, so, so setting, an, so setting an alarm is number mm -hmm. one. Okay, sorry, what, are you, what were you gonna say? I think I interrupted you, my bad. I was going to say wake up and then the number two, I would um, create a lunch break and do not do any work, sit down and eat and start with those two. And that might help create a rhythm. Okay. I like that. So it's almost like when we're at home, uh, we're more likely to not follow a routine. <laughs> so getting on a routine is going to help. So why do you think that helps with anxiety specifically? Your professional opinion uh with what's happening now with COVID-19, we're so worried about the world. We're worried about our family. We're worried about when do we go back to work? When is this going to be over? And so since no one, none of us can answer that question and we have no control over that, it's better to create your new normal. And right now our new normal is working from home. And if this is what you did full time, sitting around watching TV, waking up at 3 p.m., going to bed whenever you want, you're going to get fired. You're not getting any work done. <laughs> yeah. 
So if this is what new normal is and we can't control when it ends, you're going to have to roll with it. And that's going to help stop the worry of what we can't control because what we're waiting on is for it to end, but can't control that. Yeah. So Mel says daily to-do list to make sure I get things done have helped me some, but sometimes I'm not able to scratch off everything on my to-do list. So it makes my anxiety and guilt super intense. Ooh, this is good. This is a yeah. good Um, I would have a top three on your to-do list that must be done. And the rest is a nice to-do. So if you, if you reach those top three that are the most important for that day, you've succeeded for that day. Mm-hmm. If you did anything else, then that's extra credit. So you don't beat yourself up for what's under three. Those just get moved up to number one, two, and three tomorrow. Yeah. I actually talked about this a few weeks ago, and I call it um, my three non-negotiables. This is what I tell my clients to do is that you should only have three things on your list. Because when we have like 10 things, I don't know who came up with that. Like, but 10 things, like, who told us that? Because that is a bad idea. Yeah, it's too um, much. Yeah, it's too much. And especially during these times, I think it, it puts too much pressure to like be a superhuman when it's really hard. Like the shift is very difficult. So I'm with Brittany on that. And I call them like your non-negotiables. So what are the things? Um, so typically I do like three non-negotiables for my health so like for me it's meditation it's working out and it's like creative brain time and so if you're working from home maybe setting kind of three non-negotiables for your job (laughs) like i need to get this email set i need to you know so maybe that that would be helpful for folks um yeah okay thank you that sounds realistic and doable for sure for sure hey amber hey rose all right Mm -hmm. i love that so having a daily routine wake up times, wind down times. So by wind down, you mean like stop working at a certain time, right? Yes. Do not work all night. If you were at work, you wouldn't be working all night. So treat it the same way. Give yourself a working day. Mm. Okay. At work, you take a lunch break. You take a lunch break at home. Like just kind of make it as normal as possible. Okay. Love that. All right. What's your second tip? Second tip is going to be Getting all of these crazy, I won't call them crazy, because what's going on is, is already intense. So getting all of the negative thoughts and the things that we can't control out of our head and into someone else's ears. And so by that, I mean talking to somebody. Um, I was going to talk about journaling, but I thought that I'd rather be more um, transparent and honest with you guys and say that I don't journal the way that I talk about it to my clients. So I talk to my clients about journaling because I know that it helps, but I don't do it. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys to journal because I don't do it. Yeah. So talk to somebody, um, a friend, a family member, somebody that you trust and get those thoughts out of your head. And there's so much happening right now that we can't control. And if you keep it in your head, your brain's going to tell you and it's going to tell you the wrong thing and give you negative feelings. That's going to increase your anxiety. Yeah. So I know that you mentioned like that you tell your clients to journal. So, um, and I actually, I really appreciate your honesty because I hate when people tell you to do stuff, but they don't even do it. And it's like, why are you giving me this advice? But, um, but also on the other, like, you know, devil's advocate, um, I know that, you know, as professionals, like we, sometimes we offer clients, um, 
things that may not work for us, but may work for them. And so can you talk about like the differences uh, between how journaling could be helpful for someone versus like talking to someone? Like what are the benefits for if you are feeling anxious? Um, Both of them, it's really getting out of our head. A lot of times we're in our own head and we can't, we can't process our own thoughts. That doesn't really work. And so when we get it down on paper, we can read our thoughts as if they're not in our head and then we can actually process it. And then when we're talking to somebody else, we hear our thoughts out loud. Mm-hmm. And again, that reprocesses it in a different way. When it's just inside of your brain, it doesn't, your brain can't do it all by itself. That doesn't work. Okay. So something literally happens when you write it down. Yes. Yeah. You can process it. It becomes your brain is getting like a different piece of information than when it's in your head. That's so interesting. That's so interesting. Um, And then, so for me, right, I do both. I uh, journal, which I used to hate journaling. I'll be honest, too. I freak. I was like, what? Why do I want to talk to myself? Like, I don't understand. That doesn't make sense to me. Um, Until I started going to therapy and she's like, you should start journaling. (laughs) Right. Um, But I actually really, really like therapy. And so um, since you're a therapist and obviously you're seeing people virtually, what are the benefits of talking to a professional? So I know that you didn't necessarily say talk to a professional. You said more so talk to friends. But what if your friends and your family are the ones who are making you anxious? Um, so talk to us a little bit about, about that. Okay. So with, when you talk to your friends or your family, it becomes a two way conversation. So you tell them what you're worried about, then they tell you what they're worried about. And then you guys are just feeding each other more worries. Mm -hmm. When you talk to a professional, it's a one-sided relationship. It's a one-sided conversation. It's all about your worries and giving them to me so I can help you reprocess them. And then we come up with something new at the end. Whereas I'm not feeding you my worry and then you're giving me a new one and I'm giving you one back and it's just a cycle. And now everybody's worry is really increased because no one helped to fix it. <laughs> oh my God. I never thought about it like that. Like how in a conversation with our friends, it's definitely like that, like, oh, I'm anxious. And it's like, oh yeah, me too. Or I'm, you know what I mean? Like it's more so conversational. So, so what, what is the role then of a therapist? Like just to reflect back what you're saying or like, do they give you advice? Like how does it actually work? Cause I think for, uh, for a lot of people, they just, therapy just seems strange. Cause it's like, I'm telling a stranger how I feel <laughs> like it feels weird. So <laughs> like, what, what is it like? Yeah. So advice giving will be one of the very last things that I do if I do it at all. It is your life, and I'm not going to give you advice on how to live it. I, I'm not in your shoes. Um, so it is a, it's me um, helping you reprocess what's going on. So you're going to, like, you're talking to me about what's happening, and then I'm helping you get a different perspective by us having a conversation about that only. Um and yes, I'm a stranger. You don't know me. But when people walk into my office or they meet with me virtually, I don't sit there in the first five minutes. So tell me your whole life story. Who's your mom? Who's your dad? Like, no, we take the time to get to know each other. Before we get into big problems or the big issues that you brought to me, I want to know who you are. What do you do for work? What is fun? What do you like to do? So I try and bring down that barrier of stranger and give you you know, a chance, like, there's a chance for us to get to know each other. Yeah, so Demira says, I need to get a journal. Um, Aisha says, oh my God, my bestie gives me major anxiety. (laughs) 
Um, and Tiff says, my girls be crazy sometimes. <laughs> yes, but that's a regular relationship. Like if they didn't do that and they didn't talk back to you, you would wonder what was wrong with them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why therapy is different because you're there with me to strictly process. You're not there with me to build a friendship. You build a friendship through that two-way street. Mm, interesting. So I, Aisha, I'm curious. Um, when you say your bestie gives you major anxiety, could you give us like an example? Like what does she do specifically? Because I'd be curious if other people um, are experiencing the same thing where like people are giving you guys anxiety. Because I know what I've been hearing from um, clients and friends, it's like their parents are also giving them anxiety because uh, they're kind of scared. They're really worried about them. Um, and I wonder if it's similar, like if our parent, like with parents or friends or, yeah, I'm kind of curious. Uh, she says she talks about CNN's updates about COVID-19. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she's, yeah, she's probably stressed out about the media and feeding you everything the media is telling you, which what's going to be my number three is to take a break from media by all media, social media, the news, um, reading reports, however you get your news, take a break. <laughs> um, cause that is stressful. Uh, she says all day. That's what my mom does. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So tip yeah. number three is taking a break from media. Okay. So tell us like what that means. Cause you know, we, we are not on the like back in the day, we used to dial up to AOL and it's like you dialed up <laughs> and then your mom picks up the yeah. phone and you got signed off. Like we don't live in those times. It's like we're no. always online. So how do you, how would you recommend us like taking breaks? Like what does that mean? How can we actually do that? Like for real, for real. Okay. So I don't want you to not consume any media at all. That's not realistic. There is a pandemic and I want you to have information and have the facts. Um, so by that, I just mean kind of cut things out. So there was some people on Instagram and all they kept talking about and posting about is things about COVID and how it started and who's getting it and how you're going to die and who's the most people, like who's the most infected and where it's at right now. And I have to mute them. I didn't unfollow them because I hope when this is over, I'll go back to liking their page and their content. <laughs> but for now they had to go mute it because I couldn't do it anymore. That's all they were posting about. Um, when it, so when it comes to social media, if there's a page that's driving you crazy, mute them until it's over. If you didn't like their stuff in the beginning, maybe it's time to unfollow now, but if you did enjoy their content, mute them for now. And then, um, when it comes to news sources, I would pick a local news that you like something so that you know what's happening in your city. Cause that's going to be what's most important. What CNN is reporting all the way in California there's nothing for me in Louisiana. Like, mm-hmm. I don't need to see it. Um, so pick a local news that you like. Then pick a national news that you like so you know what our response is to the pandemic. Not what's happening in California. Won't help you. But what is our response to what's happening? And then if there's a reporter that you enjoy reading or watching, then only follow that reporter. So pick three things and stick to it. And that's it. Um and then throughout the day, I would only give yourself like an hour or so to consume media about COVID. You don't need more than an hour to get the facts from the day. Like it's not changing that much. Yeah. So other than that, stay away. Tish says, I'm on a mute mission tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me tell you, I've actually muted some people.
COVID, but I'm like, sis, I do not need to be seeing all the people who are dying and all the, you know, and it's, I think it's one of those things where it's almost like overstimulation of the brain, right? To constantly see um, the news, like not that we're in denial or anything. We know what's going on, um, but it, it can be very overwhelming. So I love that. Um, three sources, local, national, one reporter you like. Something that I've been doing, um, for those of you who live in New York, I do. I have, I don't even have cable. Let's just be honest. Um, I barely watch TV. I only have Netflix. <laughs> Um, and watch it like on the weekends. But what I've actually been doing is getting my news from like the New York Times because it's very, I never even like read the New York Times, but it's very just like straight to the point and very unbiased. And I actually really like that type of news because I think sometimes even when we are watching media, we're not even watching the facts. Like we're not watching news. We're watching someone's uh, opinion commentary on the news it's not actually the news so it's almost like you're having a conversation uh, or they're having a conversation with you but it's only one side so they're just telling you how they think and like how you should be nervous and how this and how that and blah 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 but it's that's not news it you know what i'm saying uh, i was gonna say watching the news what i've had to start doing is reading it because watching it you're getting that reporter's emotions and i don't need your emotions like you're driving me crazy exactly, exactly. yeah <laughs> so I, you, it, you get all that yeah, I think reading for me too has been nice because it doesn't feel hyperly stimulating. Um, and it just comes to my inbox and I'm like, okay, great. I have my information. <laughs> like, here's what it is. Um, so, I, okay, I love that. So, um, you also, we also talked about digging for evidence. So, can you tell us a little bit about what you meant by that? Because um, we, we talked before we got on and I know that you mentioned like about the news, like digging for evidence. So, did you mean about the news or about what your brain? saying about the news like what did you mean um i would say both okay. so i'll start with the news and then go to the brain um like i said reporters are reporters are human so along with what they know is fact you're also getting their emotions um so digging for evidence and digging for facts or getting it from social media somebody reporting that now 52 people died yesterday well let's go make sure that's correct before we get worried about what's happening in our city because those numbers may be inflated. Those numbers may be exaggerated because the person is already scared. So go figure out what's actually happening. And then if they're reporting numbers, like I said, from California, if you're not in California, you need to wipe that out of your brain because it's not going to help you. And then digging for facts um, with your brain. Anxiety is the worry or fear of what may happen, of what the future holds, of what I'm trying to control and not, that, not what actually is happening. And so you go like fact checking with yourself. See, one, is this a real fear? Um, or is this more of the stress of me being overwhelmed? Um, if it's fear, figure out if it's rational. If your fear is irrational and you're worried about, uh, what would be irrational in this time? Rational or irrational? Irrational. Let's just say you actually never leave your house and you're one of the lucky few who do not have to go to the grocery store because maybe there someone else is doing it or like you're not leaving your house, but you're worried about going to sleep and not waking up like because of COVID. That's irrational. Like that's not going to happen. You would have um you would have symptoms first anyway, but you haven't left your house. 
So I would figure out like, one is my fear rational or is it irrational? Um, and kind of, you have to get your brain to stop creating a problem because that's what it's doing. Mm. Does that make sense? I feel like I rambled. <laughs> no, no, that does make sense. That does make sense. Okay, so your three tips were create a stay-at-home routine and follow it. The second one was getting out of your head, so journaling, but more so like talking it out. And then the third was taking a break from social media and consumption. So I want to go back to some of the responses. So I did a poll on IG, I think it was last week, asking people, you know, what were they feeling anxious about specifically and so that we could talk about it on this live um and so they did mention like social media information overload and having to take a break so you already talked about that um someone said not being able to control factors that i otherwise would could control for fear of worse consequences can you talk to kind of that and what would you recommend for that person that's feeling like oh my gosh i can't i don't have any control right now um, yeah, so with COVID-19, none of us are in control. The virus is in control right now, and we're all scared of the virus. Um, and so you're going to have to kind of let go in this moment, let go of what you can't control. I can't control who's getting sick. I can't control what people are choosing to do and how they're reacting. I can't control when we go back to work. Um, the only that can control that right now is the virus like we're and so when you let let those things go and stop trying to hold on to it it's kind of like freeing and that's going to decrease the anxiety that you're feeling um hold on to the things that you can control your kids being at home safe with you um your workday schedule that you create um i don't know the fun things that you decide to do throughout the day with your kids, what you're going to have for dinner, like focus on the things that you are in control of. Yeah. I also think for me, um, I have been extremely calm <laughs> during these times. And I think it's because I, I have that mindset of like, well, there's a lot of things I cannot control right now. And thinking about that 24 seven is definitely not going to help me. Um, yeah. so I, I love that advice, like basically control the controllable. Um, there's so many things we can control. So I like that. Um, and so the other thing was that so many people are dying. Um, I know that there's people who have either friends who have died or maybe they um, have like family members who have passed or they know someone or a friend of a friend. But basically it's like, you know, starting to kind of get close to home for folks. And there's this anxiety of like, I mean, I don't, they didn't say exactly, but I'm assuming that is probably the anxiety of like, what if I, what if I die? Because it's like, you know, people are dying. Um, that's a possibility. And so what would you say to someone who is experiencing those thoughts of like, oh my gosh, everybody's dying. People are dying. And like, what if I die? Yeah. Well, first I want to say, you know, my condolences. I'm so sorry you having loved ones or friends or people that you grew up with or just people that you know dying right now, this is very sad. Mm. Uh, so I'm not necessarily sure I would call that anxiety because that's actually happening around us. Yeah. Um, but that one, I, I don't know. I think that one's going to have to do a lot with grief. Uh, if you do know someone who died and you're worried about them and their family and 
you know, that their future just being taken away because some virus that we'd all love to tell to kick rocks, you're going to have to grieve that time as if you would if it wasn't due to COVID, if it was a car accident or something like It's still grief regardless. Um, and I guess to really decrease the anxiety around being afraid to die is doing not taking all the precautions that they're telling us to take. Um, wash your hands, clean your doorknobs, stay in the house as much as possible. And with grocery store runs, the same person does it every time. You don't switch off. Only one person's leaving the house, not everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's really going to be taking care of yourself because there's no other way around it. Like this is scary for everybody. Yeah. And then, um, so I, first of all, I love how you mentioned grief. Um, I don't think we talk a lot about grief in general. Um, I think people are like, well, it, it happened and like we're moving on or whatever. Um, but there's not a lot of talk about grief. So I think that is important in terms of like during these times, if we do lose a loved one, um, or, you know, it's close, right. I think it's important that we do recognize what it actually is, which is maybe it's not anxiety. Maybe it's like grief and you need to grieve. Um, and that's normal. So I like that. Um, so the last thing that someone said was that some people are just operating as business as usual. (laughs) Um, and so like, you know, I think for some people it's like, they have to go to work right like or they're choosing because obviously we all have choices but some people it's like they have to go to work in order to get paid so they're going to work other people they're maybe a little irresponsible and do whatever they want and just kind of being out in the streets or whatever and so um I think some people are feeling anxiety because of others so how would you um tell them to kind of handle that uh that goes back to controlling what you can you cannot control what other people are going to do how they're going to live their life how they're going to respond um i think a lot of us want to control how other people are responding to this and you want them to respond in the same way that you are Mm -hmm. and that's not going to happen everybody's responding to this differently um one thing i would say is don't let them in your house (laughs) They don't, they don't get to come around you. If you have that friend or that family member that is just out doing their daily thing, they are going to work still, whatever, until this is over, they can't come over. Like they can't go into your home. Um, that's one control that you do have. So you can't stop them, but you can protect your household. And so that's where you should put your control and your focus at. Yeah, I love that. All right, so we have kind of talked about mostly what folks um, talked or asked us about last week. And so for those of you who are watching, feel free to drop your questions below. There is a question mark on the bottom of the screen. You can type your question below and ask us um, and we will answer. And while people are kind of gathering their questions, Brittany, if there is like one major um message that you want to give about anxiety during this time what do you think it would be for those who are watching one major message um anxiety is a normal response in this time but if you're not doing anything to decrease it or be in control of it you're not going to come out of this well Anxiety is not going to go away once this is over because you allowed it to kind of take over your body. Mm. So, yes, it's happening. 
we're nervous, we're scared, we don't know what's going to happen, we don't know how this is going to end. So that's the same for everybody. Mm-hmm. Focus on control. Don't focus on those negatives. Because right now they suck. Focus on what you can control and then that will help to decrease it. So what typically happens to folks, um, because I also know like there's people who uh, struggle with anxiety like outside, like before COVID happened. So what happens like when people don't like address it? Like what are the, I guess, repercussions you would say for those who are not actually addressing their anxiety? It turns into generalized anxiety disorder, which means now you are battling anxiety on a daily basis from everything outside of your life. Mm. Uh, so anything that comes up anything that's happening you've already taught your brain that's how you respond because you never took control of it so that's now how your brain knows how to respond and then that can turn into panic attacks which feel like you're dying in the moment oh wow this is serious this is not a game yeah you know your your chest tightens you can't breathe it's like the room is sinking in on you you get really scared and the thing is a panic attack won't kill you but if you stop breathing because of that panic attack that loss of oxygen to your brain will kill you Mm. um so yeah so you have to be in control otherwise it's going to take over yeah yeah so i've i've I have heard of folks who have like generalized anxiety disorder. So I was wondering what kind of, what was the difference? I'm glad you talked about that. Cause that does sounds really scary. Yeah. All right. So we're going to stay on for a few minutes. If you have questions about anxiety or comments about something that you want to ask Brittany, she is a licensed mental health therapist in Louisiana, right? Yeah. And Texas and texas um so today we're talking about anxiety how to manage it due to COVID 19 and how to manage anxiety in general but definitely during COVID 19. so Brittany, if uh we'll see if people have any questions but in the meantime tell us about your counseling services and if someone is struggling with anxiety how can they get help if they do feel like they want to actually talk to a professional um yes so i am doing services online so through video um like if we were meeting through zoom and um it basically would be like the same as going into the office but we meet online um i do have i'm licensed in texas and louisiana so that's where i see all of my clients Mm -hmm. but every state has like um I don't know what to call it, like a leeway thing. So most states allow you to meet with somebody that's not in your state for like one session, maybe two. Mm -hmm. Um, So if there's someone that's on this live now that wants to meet with maybe meet with me and maybe talk about more personal things about what they're feeling and what they're experiencing right now, um, they can message me or email me, let me know what state they're in and we can figure out what their state allows. Because there probably is like one session they could do with me that may help them to just get some skills and coping skills to use right now until we can leave the house again. Yeah. And I know that you had like 30 minute, um, mental, what was it called? Mental wellness chats. Yeah. Tell us a little bit. Yeah. What is that? What does that mean? How does it work? How do we get in on that? So those, those, those will be quick sessions where we're not going to play the whole, let's get to know each other game. We don't have time for that. We got 30 minutes. 
So you're going to let me know what's happening, what you're experiencing right now. And in that time, I'm going to give you some skills to take with you and what may help you to feel better right now. So this isn't for the long run. This is just help me get through COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So it won't be like, it won't be the let's build a relationship. It's going to be, Hey, Brittany, this is happening. What do I do? And then I'm going to help you. And then you go on. Yeah. So for someone who's struggling with anxiety, what would you recommend? Like which, which one, like, should, do you think they should more so get a mental uh, wellness check or start there and then like maybe think about therapy? Like what, what, what would you say in terms of like the next steps? Um, I would say it depends on, do you think that we could talk in 30 minutes? Mm. Then do it. If you feel like you want my entire hour, then it's probably best to just schedule the hour. But if you're going to give me like one or two things happening right now, then I can help you process that in 30 minutes. Okay. If, so, so I know another question for folks is like, how do you even know? Like, do you really need it? Or can you just journal it out? Because I also think there are there are two kind of um, areas of thought about like journaling and kind of like healing yourself and just getting through it, which a lot of us as women of color were like, let's just truck on through this. Like we've gone through worse things, like it's fine. Um, but when do you feel like, like do you have a checklist or something that um, we should go through in our heads that determines if we should see a professional about like our anxiety or like when is like, what what's the... What's the line that we cross for, like when it's like you can do it you're on your own or you need professional help? Like what would you say that is? Um, one, when your body's responding in ways that you no longer have control over. You are sick daily. You are having headaches on a daily basis. You wake up maybe three days or four days a week worrying about the entire day and almost talk yourself out of going to work. You're ready to call in. Um, When you feel like you're no longer in control, like too many days are being taken over by the anxiety. And then the second thing, if you're journaling and kind of doing it on your own, I would go back through that journal. How many times have you journaled about the same thing? Clearly you need some more help. (laughs) Wait, but I thought journaling about the same thing means that you're making progress is that not a thing (laughs) if you see progress happening yes but if Uh you're every day the same topic and it's the the same topic over and over and over again and there's no progress in that book then maybe you're spinning your wheels okay so tell us what is progress like let's say you are journaling or maybe you're not journaling or you're just doing it on your own like what would indicate progress versus knowing if you're going in circles like what would be the indicators of both? Like, if you know that it's just working, what's the indicator of that? And then for if it's not working? Um, the easiest one to tell is your symptoms are decreasing. So you are waking up instead of four days a week. Now it's one day a week where you're ready to go. You're not worried. You're not scared. You're not ready to call in. Um, now your stomach aches have gone down to once a week. Um, you're not nauseous when you walk into work. So you want to see your symptoms decrease. If they're staying the same and nothing's happening, let me help you. Or let me point you in the direction of somebody else that can. Because um, maybe you're, maybe what you're doing is helping you in that moment for the next five to ten minutes. But maybe it's not actually helping you in the long run. Mm. 
Yeah. You don't have to suffer. Sometimes we tell ourselves that, oh, this is just my life. Why does it have to be your life? Yeah. Yeah. I see that with a lot of folks. Um, I would say I would call that self-sabotage on a certain level, because I think for some of us, we have been either through traumatic experiences or like we've always been stressed (laughs) or we've always been anxious running on a hundred thousand. Um, and this can almost feel like almost familiar, right? Like, Oh, this is familiar. You know, being, feeling anxious is very familiar. So I think for a lot of women, they struggle with that, with like the reaching out for help because you know, we're used to kind of doing things on our own. So why would we ask for help if we've been able to survive? And I think that's uh, an important distinction that you bring up about like, okay, if you're journaling about the same exact thing (laughs) over and over again, there's probably, you're probably stuck. Um, and if your symptoms are not getting better, you're probably stuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that doesn't make it bad. It just means that you need another skill. You need another step to do. And maybe you haven't figured out what that is and I can help you. Yeah. Or maybe you're reprocessing the same thing and you need somebody else to see it differently. Like, yeah. So I know you, in the beginning of our talk, you talked about how when you write things in a journal, it's almost, not almost, it is as if your brain, your brain is processing what you're writing in a different way than when you're just talking to yourself in your head or the thoughts are in your head. Um, And you talked about how when you talk to a therapist, it's not really like a two-way conversation. It's more so like you are telling your therapist something. So how, like, how would a therapist help someone who has anxiety? Like, could you give us maybe some things that you do with your clients um, so that just so that folks can know like more the inside workings of a therapist. Like what, what would you do if a client came to you with like anxiety? Yeah. So if this was a client I was going to be able to work with long-term, um, I'm going to have them write, start writing down for me. Um, what happens during the day and what that's causing them anxiety. So if they come in the office and they can't tell me because they've forgotten, like now it's out of their brain, and the brain's not trying to remember what happened, we'll have them write it down in the moment. Um, because we may start to see a pattern of what's causing the anxiety so we can figure out where it began. Um, the goal is to find the source. Mm. When um, If we're just managing it, we haven't found the source. That meant, now I got through 30 minutes and I'm good, that worked. Well, what happens for the next other 23 and a half hours in the day? Um, so for the source by you telling me what's happening throughout your day. So we're going to find why it's happening. And then once we know why, or we've kind of figured out your pattern, then I'm going to give you things to do um, to stop it in its tracks. And once we start stopping it, the more we do it, you're retraining your brain on what you want it to do. So you're making it respond in a different way. And that's like when you learn to ride a bike, you fall a few times. It doesn't work the first time, but the more you get back up and you keep trying it, you learn to ride the bike the same way you're going to retrain your brain to respond to that stimulus in a different way. Yeah. Wow. Training your brain. It's no joke. (laughs) Oh my gosh. All right. So I don't think anyone has questions about anxiety. Is there anything else you want to share with us before we let the people go about anxiety, um, how to find you if they do need help with anxiety or like what they should do next? Um, next, I would love for you, if you guys want to work with me, send me a message or email me. Um, if you're not in Louisiana or Texas, we can figure out what we can do. Um, you may can do one session and then 
if you want to continue and I'll help you find somebody in your area. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a link in my bio um, that says find a therapist in my area. So if you want to just go and do that so that you have somebody there, there's a lot of resources on that page to find somebody to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really, like I said, a lot of times we just need somebody to help us reprocess. We need somebody to hear the story so we can get it told back in a different way. Okay, awesome. Um, and then how do people find you on uh, social media? What's your username? Because this will be on um, the podcast. It's Brittany Shatters. So um, B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y-S-H-A-T-T-E-R-S. Okay, and then your website? Uh, unshatteredcounseling.com. Okay, awesome. All right, so Raydania says, to me, anxiety is change in breathing slash crying. What are some other signs of anxiety? What would be a sign for someone to see a therapist? Good questions. Yeah, so the change in breathing, um, heavy breathing or feeling like you can't breathe and crying is definitely a sign. So maybe you have, those may be your only physical like body responses. You don't have to have all of them, but maybe your heart starts racing. You have chest pain. You feel nauseous when you shouldn't be sick at all. You were fine five minutes ago. Um, things like that. And you can't, sometimes you have no idea why it's happening. You don't always know that it's anxiety, but when you're not sick, it just came out of nowhere. It's probably not an actual physical response. Like it's not, you're not really sick. It's your brain creating that response. Mm -hmm. And then her question, her other question was, uh, what would be a sign for someone to see therapist? Would you say it's the same or different? Uh, when you don't feel in control, when it's happening way too much and you can't stop it. Yeah. Yeah. So for, um, for those of you who are like, should I see a therapist? Should I not? If you watch the replay of this, I think I already asked you the question. Um, but Redania came in a little bit later. Um, if you watch the replay, Brittany kind of talked about like, what are the signs? (laughs) Um, what are the things that you may be doing that um, may not be helping you that kind of keeping you in circles? And I know that for for me and there, um, Brittany, do you see a therapist? Yes. Yeah. So therapists see therapists, which I think is amazing. Um, I also mm-hmm. see a therapist. And um, what for you? What made you say like, okay, maybe I should see a therapist, even though you're a therapist? Like, what what was some of the what were the thoughts or the considerations that you had about like, okay, it's time for me to do this. So I was experiencing work burnout, out and not from counseling. I love my job. It was from a specific job that I had and that specific work that I was doing. It was overwhelming. It was too much. And um, it got to the point where I was no longer in control of what my body was doing and what my brain was doing. So I was having anxiety throughout the day. When clients canceled their session, I was excited because it meant I got to go home and lay down. Um, Like my day was taken over by things I couldn't control anymore. And so I knew I had to see somebody or I was going to give up my whole career and I didn't want to. Yeah. And you have an anxiety quiz, right? Yes. Yeah. There's one on my website. So if you're not sure what you're experiencing is anxiety, you can take the quiz. The link is in my bio Um, and it's free to take. You don't have to pay for it. And that can point you into the direction of what may be happening. 
Yeah, and that's so interesting that you say that because um, for me, I thought stress and anxiety almost were at, like interchangeable. Like I thought they were kind of the same thing. Um, but after listening to a lot of people, it sounds like it's clear that it's not the same thing, um, that they, they can present very similar, um, but they're a little bit different. Um, but yeah, those were some great, great questions. Yeah. Um, and one way to know if it was stress versus anxiety, stress goes away when the things on your plate go away. Anxiety does not because you're going to keep creating that issue that you're creating in your brain because most of the time it's not real. Where stress is real, I have five things to do in an hour and that's my deadline. Yeah, you're going to be stressed out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but stress mm-hmm. will go away once you finish the task. Oh, that's a good, that's a good indicator. So stress is like comes from something and then it goes away. But anxiety could come from something, but it doesn't go away. Right? No. Right. Yeah. It's not going where. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right, Brittany, thank you so much for this Q and a, and, um, for those of you who are just got here, please watch the replay because we went in depth. Um, Brittany gave three tips for managing anxiety. She is a licensed mental health therapist with her own practice. Um, you can find her on unshattered.com. Uh, she has an anxiety quiz. She has some mental wellness checks. And then she also offers virtual um, counseling. So there are tons of ways to really get support during this time. And I think it's important that we reach out to folks who we trust. And I totally trust Brittany and her expertise. So if you are looking for someone, please reach out to her. Um, and if you guys have any more questions, feel free to DM me or Brittany and we'll be more than happy. You've made it to the end of this episode. Three things for you. Now, if you are feeling this podcast, please share this episode with someone you think might find it helpful. Number two, send me a DM. Let me know what was your number one takeaway from today's talk about anxiety. And number three, if you want to get notified about the next episode here on Get Fit with Masi, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening and stay safe out there.